All right. So I pulled kind of a news story that we talked a little bit about last week, which was like that Cineplex reopen plan. Mm -hmm. And the main thing I wanted to talk about is in it, they're making it so that every showing has reserved seating, no matter what it is. And I think this is the greatest idea in the world. And I wish every theater had this and continues to have this for eternity because I love being able to just pick up my seats beforehand and show up and know they're there. I'm not, I'm completely in agreement with you on that one. Uh, it's, and it's honestly, a lot of the theaters are that way. I found like our local Cineplex in between where you and I are doesn't do that. But the Silver City Cineplex that I routinely visit when I'm on the island, all their auditoriums are that way as well as the one that's downtown same yeah. thing all yeah. all reserved all assigned seating yeah. and yeah. i i agree it's the same thing what i would like to see on the topic of like things that we would like to see in our theaters i would like to see the cineplex that we have expand and open up a few um maybe slightly smaller screens like a smaller theater room but have the uh electric recliners in there Oh, like kind of do um, like kind of like the premium ones where like you can order food and bring it in kind of thing. Like that's No, that. I don't even care about that. I just want those seats. Oh, hey, hey, I'm not going to complain. I I don't mind those seats um, that they have. And it was funny because like I think it was probably like six or seven months ago. Me and a buddy were, were at a movie there and we it was just in like a regular theater. Like it was one of the smaller ones at ours. And we saw like the numbers on the seats, like on all of the seats. So it was like, okay, they're clearly gearing up to do like reserve seats at some point. And it was just like this waiting game of like, when are they going to pull the trigger on it? Because both of us had the same thing where it was like, this should be it. Um, but yeah, I've sat in those recliner seats and totally those that's should be great. Yeah, they should be. Standard. That's the way I think it should be going. Cause like, um, like when I uh, want to see something in IMAX or whatever, when I'm on the island, I go to the Silver City and it's all assigned seating and they have an IMAX screen in there and everything. And it's fine and doodle dandy. But if I want to go see a movie where like I just want to like relax, you know, it's like a casual movie experience, not like I'm excited and I need the big screen and the Dolby Atmos and all that other jazz, the AVX yeah. or whatever they call it. Yeah, I tend to go to the theater that's downtown because I think they have six screens in there, but all oh, yeah. six screens have the leather lazy boy well I, don't, I shouldn't say lazy boy i don't think the brand name but they all have the the leather electric recliners yeah and like it's it's funny you mentioned like the relaxed like kind of theater experience because me and uh me and a buddy there's a an art house cinema in calgary and every year for the past few years um like in the lead up to the oscars we'll go down like two times usually and watch three movies like in one day at this like little art house theater that plays like all of the Oscar movies, um, like in preps for like the Oscar party we, we have at his house and uh, you go in there and it's just like the most uncomfortable seats ever. Like it's like you're sitting on a piece of plywood with like some basic fucking cushioned leather and it's like the most uncomfortable thing. But at the same time, like it totally keeps you awake to watch quite oftentimes like really dull Oscar movies. So <laughs> mm -hmm. all right, fair enough. I've never been, but uh yeah when I moved back to the mainland here. That's something I think I could get into. Yeah, it's really good because like usually um I think 
last year or last Oscars was we actually it was the first year we weren't able to make it down to see a bunch of movies in one day just because the release schedule didn't work out because we like typically what we would do is we would go down and watch like three movies like starting at 11 in the morning and we'd end like at eight or nine and then there was a restaurant outside of uh, the theater and we would leave the last movie and then go eat at the restaurant and then we wouldn't get home till like one or two in the morning but it was just like go and watch all these oscar movies that theaters like very close to us don't have usually um and this year was the first year we weren't able to do it just because the release schedules didn't line up to where we could get like two or three in one day Hmm. interesting but yeah that's that was the main piece of that news story that that uh i really cared about is reserve seating it should be a thing so I'm I'm glad all theaters should have reserve reserve seating, especially because like um uh like I don't know how often you use the Cineplex app, but at least in when I was on the island, they took away the ability to print tickets at home. You could As... still buy tickets online and use your phone, but they were actively discouraging printing tickets on paper. They were trying to go they're pushing for like an, an all digital kind of uh ticket buying experience which again i'm all for because i mean i use my phone for everything so to have my tickets on there and as soon as i walk into the theater it automatically prompts me on my phone it's like hey we noticed you're at a cineplex and here you have two movie tickets so i don't have to do anything i love it but i mean i'm a tech enthused kind of person so i mean i imagine for some older people that might not be the most convenient way to go about things for sure but like i'm the same way like i'm a very tech enthusiast like big on tech and i don't think i've printed a physical ticket or gotten probably even went up to like the ticket machine and like printed like paid for and printed for a physical ticket at the theater in probably like three years i always get it on my phone beforehand and i always just show up click the button on my phone that pulls up the pdf ticket and show them my phone and they scan it and i walk in and yeah i'm all yeah, for it. And, that, like, and i'm the same way too and i love the fact that like there's been a couple times where I've bought two tickets, like one for me and one for a friend, but we're meeting there. So I love the fact that I can buy those two tickets, put them on. And I don't know if it's an Android thing or if it's an iPhone thing only, but I'll get both tickets in that like wallet app on the iPhone. And then I can just click it and send one of those tickets to my buddy. And then it's no longer on my phone and he has his digital ticket on his phone. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works. Cause I, I use Android and like usually what I do is like it within the Cineplex app, you would buy uh, your tickets and then within that app, it'll show your tickets, but it also emails you the tickets. So what I always have done is I just open up my email, open up the PDF on my phone and just minimize it. And then when I get there, I just open it up and show them. So I've never Um, actually used the wallet thing before, um, but that seems like it would be a way more convenient way to do it. Yeah, and like when I switch back to Android in the the fall upcoming here in a couple months, I'll be looking for something that takes place of that because I got to say with the Apple Wallet, it is crazy, crazy, like easy because you just you download it, it saves it right into the Apple Wallet application and it uses geolocation. So as soon as I show up to Cineplex, it's like, hey, you're at Cineplex and it prompts me on my phone, it just pops up and it's like, you got two tickets today and you're at cineplex this must be what you're looking for and with the quick tap i can text 
one of those tickets to another person who has an iPhone and it just goes right, right into their Apple wallet. And then it's like right. super, I imagine that, right. that like the Google pay, cause Google pay is similar to Apple's it's wallet. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like it's um, like my scene points card is on there and I, I used to have all my cards on there and then, but then I, they expired and then I haven't reset them up or something like that. But it'll also do like I've had it when I did have it set up, like I would go to like a gas station or like a restaurant and I would get a notification being like, Hey, we accept like the, the Google wallet or whatever it is. Mind you, it just works off of NFC. So like, as long as uh, a debit machine accepts tap, then it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, it did the same thing where it had like the geolocation thing. So and do you would... the, and is your Android phone a Samsung? Yeah, so and th- there's also Samsung Wallet, which I've never gotten into, so I don't know if that's better than Android well, Wallet or not. And a little off topic of like entertainment and television and all that other stuff, but the Samsung Wallet, as far as I'm concerned, is superior to the Google Wallet for the simple fact that they have a technology with with the Samsung phones, and it's called MST. So any card you want, if you go to a terminal and the terminal doesn't have tap it'll still work because it used this uses this MST technology, which basically simulates the static electricity that would come from a swipe of a card. So you can use any of your cards at any terminal, whether they have tap or not. And it's like using the swipe function of a, of a card reader. Well, shit, I might actually, and that is incredibly convenient because you can go to like pay at the pump gas stations and you don't even have to insert your card. You can literally hold it near the reader yeah. and it's as if you slid your card in and out. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> super, super convenient. Now that I just found about, found out about that, uh, like I've been just waiting, like I've been meaning to set up my mobile wallet again and that's probably going to push me like over the edge to finally like reset it up again. So. Mm-hmm. definitely worth looking into i know when i had my note the last android phone i had was a note no it was a pixel i lie before that it was a no it was a note i had a note after my pixel anyway the that that ability was just bar none the best because sometimes you go to a place and the tap and the tap doesn't work well not with this it always works like 99 percent of the time because it doesn't matter if it's a tap or a swipe or an insert your card it does some voodoo magic and it just it works with any card you have in your wallet flawlessly hmm. yeah i'm gonna have to look into that because that sounds pretty nifty <laughs> i like that anyway yeah super awesome yeah so another thing that's nifty is i don't know if you ever watched this show um but it's called the center it's a usa network show um, never even heard of it until until i saw the posting here okay so I'll give you kind of a synopsis of it here, but it's getting renewed for season four and I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of the show. I need to watch um, season three is the most recent season and I haven't watched it yet, but it's essentially um, it focuses on um, like Bill Pullman is the main detective and it's like a new case kind of every season kind of thing. So it's kind of like true detective, but he's kind of the central person. Um, but it's, kind of i guess the crux of like that what makes this detective show i guess a little bit different is like the kind of do it where it's like one case per season and it's always like um different people involved in the case and it usually has a theme of like oh this like murder or whatever like really isn't what it seems Mm -hmm. um and i really liked it like i think the 
the first season has just like a beal in it and like the quick synopsis is essentially um she's at the beach um with her husband and her kids and um she's just going and like hanging out it's like july 4th and people are having hot dogs and listening to music and stuff and then like she all of a sudden just like snaps and runs over and stabs someone Hmm. and it's like about hit like and at the start uh like the premise is like well it's a very clear cut case like everyone saw her just run up and stab this dude um and then bill pullman kind of goes well maybe it's not like exactly like what it seems um kind of thing so that's kind of the premise i mean it's it, it kind of fills the true detective hole that i've ever been missing since that great first season not good second season and pretty good third season um but i don't see that show coming back anytime soon um wow i uh i must be completely like out of it because i i i have uh like the hbo subscription service so like i'm on hbo all the time i legitimately did not know there was a third season of true detective oh what dude and it's good it's good who who are the new detectives in that season? Um, let me pull it up here. It is they are actually rock stars. Because um, I watched the first season, which and is, granted, like I don't recall most of it, but I recall being into it and thinking it was good. Yeah. I attempted to watch the second season, and it was just it's bad, awful that I didn't even get through the whole season, yeah, and then I, I just left it at that. I had no idea there was a third season. Yeah, so the third season is like kind of the same thing where like it's new people start to finish new everything. Um, and the two detectives is uh, Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff. So you've got an an Oscar winner um, with Mahershala Ali, or I think that's how you pronounce the name. I'm probably butchering it. but And then you got Stephen Dorff, which is actually, he's really good too. Um, and yeah, it's actually super solid. Like you should definitely check it out because it's really good. Um, not as good as the first season, but I don't. I think the first season was like a lightning in the bottle thing. Um, but it's it's super solid. Like, check it out. Steven Dorf, eh? Whatever happened to him? Like, I he was a pretty big deal when the original Blade came out, and I don't remember really like seeing him do anything after that. To be completely you know that honest, maybe that was an issue because I, the first Blade movie isn't that good of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you watch your tone there. I mean, I don't remember the Blade movies all that much, but I remember like them maybe not being that good, but I could be wrong. I remember I did not like the one with Ryan Reynolds. I particularly really like that one because I like Ryan Reynolds' humor, although I would understand how some fans of the franchise might be irritated by his character, but... Maybe I need to go back and watch them. It's been so long since I've watched them. Maybe maybe I'm... I don't know. Well, 20, 22 years old at this point. Yeah, and it, like I, I probably haven't seen them in like over 10. So I, I don't even remember anything that happens in all of them other than Wesley Snipes has a sword and he cuts heads off. Like that's about all I remember. So maybe I, I need to go I, back and watch them. It's been a long time since I've seen any of those movies as well. But I remember at the time I thoroughly enjoyed every single one of them i don't know how well they would hold up in today's day and age and maybe thankfully you don't have to worry about that anymore because they are doing that blade reboot right 
So, but I mean, he crushed it in that first movie. The second one was kind of mad. And I enjoyed the third one just because I really enjoy the, uh, the one actor that I can't think of the name for the life of me, but he was the brother in prison break. Oh yeah. The one he, the one yeah. he originally goes to, to get out of to prison. Rescue. Yeah. I know who you're talking about, but I don't mm-hmm. remember his name. Um, but yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I liked the first one and maybe I'm thinking the second and third one. I didn't like, I don't remember. It's been so long since I haven't seen those, but yeah. Fair enough. Dominic Purcell. Yes. And then Wentworth Miller is the other brother. Yes. Who also just now that I'm thinking about it, like when was the last time you've seen him do anything? It's been a while, but I know he does uh, some producing and some writing. Like, I think if you look at his IMDb page, he's actually got a bunch of writing stuff and like producer stuff. So I think it might be a thing of like he kind of acts when he wants to and he maybe keeps busy with writing. I want to say I I could be wrong on that, but I want to say I looked at his IMDb one day and I just saw like a bunch of writing credits. So it kind of looked like he was a script doctor kind of thing, like kind of how like Carrie Fisher, uh, like she was a script doctor for like 15 years. Like she that's how she basically made her living. Like after Star Wars, she would just doctor scripts for the studios. And I didn't Hmm. know that until like like five or six years ago. That's completely news to me. Did not know that either. Yeah, she was like a very well like uh renowned like script doctor in Hollywood where like come like a third draft of like a script, it would like kind of get sent to the script doctors and she would be like at the top of that list and kind of clean it up a little bit and send it back. So I think he does something similar to that, but I, I could be wrong. I, hmm. I but I want to say I checked his IMDB page one day and saw like a bunch of writing stuff and I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's like a script doctor kind of thing and that's he's just making his money there and he just picks up an acting job when he maybe gets interested in it. But I could Yeah, be wrong. maybe. Well, all right. Well I guess I'll check the sim add that to the ongoing list of stuff that I <laughs> that I have to get through the ever, uh, you know, the never ending fucking list. Um, but yet yeah, it's good and it's yeah. short. It's like eight to 10 episodes. Um, like it's not like this big, long thing. So it's, it's a hour long episodes. Uh, I think it's actually 45 minutes uh, because it's, well, uh, you know what I mean? Of, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like a Netflix hour is like an actual hour or like an HBO hour is an actual hour. It's like a mm. network hour. So it's like three yeah. minutes or 45 or whatever, but it's solid. Yeah. Like the first season I think is, is really good. Um, the second season isn't as good, but it's also really solid. And I haven't watched the third season, but it's like totally serviceable, like little kind of 10 episode, eight episode, like little detective series that I think is actually pretty good. So. Hmm. All right, then. So I see the Oscars are postponed. Yeah, by two months, which doesn't really surprise me. Um, no, me neither. And honestly, I don't think it's that big of a deal either to push them back two months. No. And like, I mainly put this in there just because like, I'm curious to kind of know what your thoughts on the Oscars have been for these past few years, because I think they've just been getting worse and worse every year. And like, they're getting to the point where it's just like bad. Um. No, I, I agree. And it, it started getting bad several years ago for me to the point where I started yeah. paying the Oscars <clears throat> little to no attention, to be completely honest, just because I would see the list of all the movies that are nominated. And I mean, obviously, like there's movies like I'd never even heard of, but like I've gone back and I've watched some of the like 
every year when the Oscars like, oh, here's all the movies that are, you know, front runner contenders for, you know, best picture and da 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 da. I'll try and take a look at some of those those movies and I'll like watch some of them. And I mean, maybe I'm just not uh, I'm not a professional movie critic, so I, I must not know what I'm talking about. But I watch some of them and I just I go, how is this nominated for anything? I mean, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> And the, like, the one example that that I have to that I have to draw on is a couple years back, probably what four years back now, I think it was. There was a movie that was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, and I believe it was called Fences with Denzel Washington. That was recent because it wasn't it based on a play or something like a Broadway play. Um, I don't know. I remember I was uh, twenty sixteen. Was yeah, I think that was. I want to say that was based on like a Broadway play. I yeah, want a working class directed. African-American. Yeah, I want to say he also directed that too. He did. But did you watch it? No. I like It was awful. Yeah, like when we do like our Oscar trips, like we have a pretty good sense of like what we'll like and what like we think is worth worth watching, like quite often like we'll skip all the period pieces cuz in my mind once you've seen one, you've seen them all. And my buddy made that mistake. I think it was not last year, but the year before. He was like, man, I really want to see this uh, this period piece. And I was like, dude, are you sure? Like, I'm telling you, it's not going to be that good. And uh, he's like, no, like, it looks pretty good. And I was like, dude, once you've seen them all, like, they're just, they're not that good. And he was like, let's go see it. And then, like, he walked out and immediately he was like, dude, I should have listened to you. Like, that was, that was not good. And I was like, yeah, like, you don't need to watch these. Um, <laughs> they kind of get nominated just because I think it's like the old, the old folks that are slowly getting weaned out of the Oscars, you know, still love those movies, so they nominate them anyway. Um, well, and I gotta, I honestly have to wonder, like, how many times are movies nominated? Not because the quality of the movie, but it's like, oh, this is a movie about a very important piece of history, or this is a movie that touches on racism or other hot topic political issues or it has an all-star cast and it's a very serious drama therefore it must be good like like i I watched that movie and it was and i like denzel washington i do and i like viola davis i I can't say i ever watched the play fences yeah but i was like okay it it won an oscar it's it's got really good reviews like i'll take a look at it and it was awful start to finish it was so fucking boring yeah. And by and the time the movie was over, it was one of those movies where I was like, what was the point? Like, I didn't feel like it had your typical structure where it's like, oh, here's the problem. Here's us trying to fix it. And then here's the end resolution. It just seemed like it was a movie about nothing. And unless a movie is entertaining, I feel you can't really go with that nothing yeah. kind of take. I, I get what you're saying. And like, for the last like four or five years, I've put Oscar movies into three categories. There's movies that are just good movies so it's like a good time all around there's movies that are maybe not that good but they have a really good performance in them where you watch it and go that man or that woman acted the shit out of that and deserves an oscar for that performance even though the movie is not that good and then the third one is just kind of movies that are just like almost trendy or like like a like they're just kind of like your typical run-of-the-mill like art house film like in the classical sense that get nominated just because they're that so yeah <clears throat> yeah so i mean no like I, the the oscars being postponed means nothing to me because i don't even watch them anymore 
I don't think they're a big deal. And I definitely, in this day and age, I don't think they're indicative of, of the, the movie industry as a whole anymore. I feel like it's just a bunch of like old people that pick what they think are classy, smart films, even though it's not, you know, it doesn't represent what the general population wants to watch. Yeah. I mean, like I, I've heard the argument against it and I, I understand to an extent, but like you look at some of the movies, like the highest grossing movies of all time, right? Like you don't see any of the Avengers or the Marvel movies getting nominated for fuck all. But like, look at the ticket sales. Like, that's yeah. obviously what the majority of the population finds entertaining and is willing to watch. And you can sit there and go, "Oh, well, they're not really acting." And as far as I can see, anytime you see an interview where their actors are talking about like the toughest acting experiences they've had, the majority of them all say it's whenever I have to do green screen work, which is what a lot of those movies are. Like, that's next level to be able to sit there and act with nobody around you, nothing to feed off of, no one to play off of, nothing to legitimately react to. You just have to completely make it up in front of a giant green screen. Like, you're going to sit there and tell me that that's not real acting? No, for sure. And I like, I think it's just, I think the system of the Oscars, like, like, I almost don't think there's a right answer to how you do the Oscars appeasing everyone because you either have like the peers in the industry or wh- whoever, however they decide the Oscar votes voting on what they think are good movies, which when you get down to brass tacks, anything about movies and performances is pretty much like it's personal preference. You know, it's, it's all subjectional for sure. Yeah. You know, like you can pick out a movie like, Sometimes you can look at a performance and go like, oh, like unequivocally, you know, that person did an amazing job acting because they transformed into this character and did an awesome job. There's always going to be a few people that are like, eh, whatever. Um, So there's like some cases where you can like kind of get that. But like at the end of the day, I think it's a problem that almost can't be solved because, you know, it's like you said, if the vast majority of the population watches something, but the peers you know the hollywood peers don't think it's good you know so then do you just open it up to like community voting for the public and then are the actors not happy and then all of a sudden they don't want to be a part of this and then all of a sudden you know it turns into like an mtv movie awards you know like who knows right like i I honestly don't know what, (laughs) what what you would do right yeah i don't know and and maybe the way to go about it is to have like a portion of the Oscars handpicked by this Oscar panel and then a portion of it be open to like audience viewing. I don't know. Or maybe it, they need to get rid of some of the, you know, the old, the old dogs that are up there that yeah. are only picking specific yeah. types of movie and get some young, fresh blood in there who are like, yeah, look, yeah, times have I, changed. It's not. And I know for the past few years, they've, they've kind of talked that up. Other trying to like basically kind of, get more like kind of diversity as far as that goes like into the voting process but i think it's a matter of like they're at that fine line where they're like totally for introducing all of that but they're not gonna kick you know the people that are already in there out you know unless they fuck up real bad or something um so i think it's at that crossroads where it's like they're not gonna kick all these you know old people out that that are set in their ways but that's still a good population of what's voting, right? Well, an award ceremony like or award show like the Oscars, I, I feel it needs to represent 
the current times and the current people, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I'd, like ideally, you, if you, you take would, a, ideally, you'd want to almost wipe the slate clean every year, right? Fresh eyes every year, but then, then yeah, or, or, replace, or replace the Oscar panel with actors. Well, like actors are in it, like they are part of the panels. Like it's a pretty yeah, but they're a very small part, though. They're not. Pretty, yeah. it's a lot of like older yeah. guys and critics and those and yeah. like people who review movies and stuff like that. And Producers a lot of the people that have been stuff, on that yeah. panel, yeah, yeah. they've been so, on that panel for years. Yeah. And like, I feel like if you get a group of like actors, like and a different set of actors every year, like, and you know, you kind of enforce the rules, like okay, you can't like try and force vote a movie that you were in or something like that. Like, I'm sure there's like some ways to work around that, but I definitely think if oh, you yeah. get a group of actors in there, like they'll be like out of anyone, they're the ones who will be like, yeah, no, I respect this movie. Cause like, look at what he's doing and how yeah. he's acting. And like, that's tough. I know that's tough because I've tried to do it myself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like they have a more keen view. Right. Yeah. And exactly. And like, I still like me and my buddy still do an Oscar party every year and we, we do voting cards. So we, we do like our own votes and like place bets on it. Like, it's just like, it's more of a community thing that we've been doing for so many years that we're still going to do it no matter how shitty they are. Um, mm-hmm. Just cause we're so like, we're so in love with the films and like the, the industry that we're going to keep doing it regardless. Um, but yeah, like it's definitely the past few years where like we watch it and it's just like, man, this is bad, you know? And especially cause they got uh, like a huge host problem that they've had for the past like few years where like they fucked that up like every year last year they didn't even have a host and they're not going to have one this year again um was last year the kevin hart controversy yeah like last year and like like it totally blew up in their face because like they totally expected him to walk it back and kevin hart did like i think a totally sensible thing where he was like no like i've already i've already paid my dues for for whatever he did and he was like i'm not doing it again so either deal with it or don't and then they were like well we won't and he was like that's fine later and then they didn't have a host so (laughs) yeah i mean like yeah it's it's a mess but like it's a mess i'm still gonna watch every year well that's the problem with cancel culture these days yeah pretty much i think it's getting completely out of out of control here but yeah, I mean, who am I to really say? Which yeah. like, brings me up to like the next piece of news. Speaking of cancel culture, is all the Chris D'Elia accusations. So I gotta say, before I went through the news today, I totally thought this was a Netflix special that you put in because I hadn't read the news when I first saw it in the in our Discord, and I had recently seen one of his Netflix specials like in a queue somewhere, and I totally mm-hmm. thought that's what you meant. And I and then like a few days later, I like saw the news and then like I didn't even clue in then. I totally still thought it was like a Netflix special. And then like today I was like, oh, no, no, no. He means like all this shit around him. I was like, oh, man, I feel like a dumbass. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm definitely particularly talking about all the accusations against him of being uh, for lack of a better term. People are accusing him of being a pedophile and for grooming young women. Yeah. And I haven't really read up on a lot of it um just because like i don't pay attention to that stuff too much but like what what's been the deal with it like what's going on with it uh, well just justively speaking some girl came forth on twitter and was like here is an email exchange at one point 
Um, I slid into Chris's DMs and he wanted to meet up and da 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 and was kind of like acting predatorial and was telling me like I need to come visit him and he's not going to come to me and we need to hang out and it made me uncomfortable and I was only 16 at the time and I felt like he was grooming me and then a bunch of other women kind of came forward and were like oh yeah like at one point when I made something on Twitter and then he direct messaged me and told me that we should hang out. And he was coming to like one girl was from Vancouver and he was trying to make plans to hang out with her when he made a stop in Vancouver, but she was on vacation at the time he was going to be in the city. So they couldn't meet up and he was kind of getting mad about it. Like, we'll cancel your trip and come see me anyway. And da da da. And she refused and just general stories like that. So like, so is there anything like, like, are these like, baseless kind of things or like is there some meat to like the accusations or is this like a case where well, like, people that's... are just saying it it happened and like there's like kind of nothing saying that it did kind of thing like like i guess w- when i like my armchair stance on a lot of this stuff is like it's it's super easy to say someone did something and i think there should be due process and investigations um but also, like, in a perfect world, you definitely want to believe someone if they say, like, this dude fucked me up. Um, well, and I, I feel like that's the problem. One of the unfortunate byproducts of the whole Me Too movement is you had a lot of, of individual females who were finally coming out and being like, hey, this happened to me. And it was nice that these women finally felt empowered enough to speak out on the poor and terrible things that had happened yeah. to them yeah of course. but with yeah. that you got a wave of other people that just wanted attention they wanted yeah. their 15 minutes and it kind of diminished that whole movement a little bit yeah where it went from we're gonna believe all women to okay we're gonna believe some women to okay now we can't believe any women and it's just kind of this this weird thing and i feel like this is kind of facing the backlash of that because I don't know definitively. I wasn't there. Like yeah, a bunch exactly. of these girls all have, yeah. they've posted screen grabs of like um, DMs that they've had back and forth with, with Chris and a bunch of them have posted screen grabs of like email conversations they have where it definitely comes across like he's trying to meet young like fans, I guess, and potentially hook up with them. But like on the defensive side, coming to his defense here, like, at no point does he ever in any of these like screen grabs that you have, does he ever say like, yeah, come over to my place. We're going to have sex. Like he never explicitly yeah. states that he wants to have sexual relations with them or anything like that. Like all of them are like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be here. Like we should meet up or, Hey, why don't you come out to LA and we can hang out stuff like that, which I mean, it's implied. Yeah. But- and it's, it's that fine line of like, um, like, I don't know if you ever used to watch um, or uh, watch it, but like the Chris Hansen, like Catch a Predator stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's like that fine line of like, yeah, like you didn't say you were going to like explicitly do it, but everything around it kind of led to that. And like any normal person would look at that and go like, that's totally what your intention was. And you mm-hmm. knew that this person was underage or whatever. So like it's that line of like, okay, yeah, you didn't say it, but like, let's be real here. Like, yeah, you kind of knew it. And like, this is totally like my armchair opinion that I'm not qualified to make in the slightest, but this is an entertainment podcast. So what the hell? Um, anytime I ever see any of these stories, like for the most part, my first reaction is there's two sides to a story. 
And if there's any meat to this, it'll be investigated and he'll be charged. And if there's not, then he won't. You know, like, unless it's a situation where, like, the Cosby shit, where, like, so many people end up coming out where you're just like, okay, this, like, you're when you have upwards of, like, more than 40 people saying the exact same thing, like, okay, that's probably how it went down. Um, but, like, a lot of what I see now is, like, like where it's like a couple of he said she said she says or whatever vice versa like my stance is like okay well it'll be investigated and figured out like but other than that like i kind of don't care until it gets to that point because the like and we um like the johnny depp um stuff with uh what's her name amber heard yeah like that was a perfect example of that of like it started off where she, like everyone hated johnny depp and i was like how could you do this to her and then like it turns out that it was totally the flip side and she was like taking shits on his bed and stuff like that and you looked at it and was like whoa like okay like and it was totally that situation where like it was everyone was talking about the hearsay and then ganged up on him and then it turned out the opposite and it, that's just like one example who knows it could be the outlier but like like i said what do i know this is just my armchair opinion that i'm not qualified to make but well and that's that's the unfortunate thing now it seems like if you're in any kind of position of power or you have any sort of fame or celebrity that the due process is you're you're guilty until proven innocent yeah which is like and like where where my positions always come from is i'm very much uh a very kind of scientific data-driven person you know i'm part of a professional association in my career that holds me accountable and i've got a you know if i fuck up real bad and do something wrong you know then there's going to be a due process and that'll determine kind of my license and stuff like that right so it's very much like i've got that mindset like and that should be how it is for everything but yeah unfortunately like you said you know with when it comes fame wise you know all it takes is is someone saying something and it almost doesn't matter if it's true or not because the damage has already been done um before yeah well, the, before the trial has even started right like well and in this situation i find it interesting because the the first woman who who posted her experience that kind of kicked this whole thing off she said that she was 16 at the time and she feels that it was predatory behavior and that he was grooming her and granted the messages didn't do anything directly or like hinted anything. It was kind of like this subcontext was like, okay, maybe he does want to hook up with you. But, and again, like I, I don't know the whole situation between him and her, but like, I mean, when he's young and he's an up and coming comic and he's starting to get celebrity fame and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to go out and he's going to try and hook up with people. And she claims like, oh, I was 16 at the time. And that's what makes this so wrong. But like nowhere in the messages that I saw of the screen grabs that she posts, does she say like, oh, yeah, I'm 16 and I live here. Like, so it, it's not far fetched to say that he had no idea that she was 16. But even at the, the bottom line is at the end of the day, nothing actually happened to them, to her, aside from a few DM exchanges on twitter and that was the end of it they never hooked up they never even met in real life and a lot of these stories where women are coming forth saying chris delia is a pedophile it's them and they're of legal age and they're exchanging information back and forth where he's saying like yeah let's hang out and then nothing ever happens of it so like i feel like this is a situation where he's not going to be criminally convicted or charged of anything because aside from messaging people 
he hasn't actually done anything. It's certainly nothing illegal. As far as I can see, again, I'm not an expert and I don't know the whole story and I'm not defending his actions, but I'm just saying this from like an un completely unbiased standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Like and, I, I don't see, I, I, from what I can see, I don't see anything illegally taking place. Is it creepy? Yes. Is it kind of like an abuse of star power? Certainly can be looked at yeah. that way. He's a celebrity yeah. and he's messaging young fans who are into him. That's an abuse of power. Absolutely. But in most cases, he never meets up with these people. He never hooks up with these people. He never explicitly says like, come to LA so we can have sex, even though you're 16, like none of that stuff actually text takes place. And unfortunately, and I've seen a few of these debunked already. There were a few people that have come forth making similar claims with screen grabs. And they were completely doctored, which yeah. takes credibility away from the people who this legitimately happened to. Yeah, because sure. as, as anyone sure. knows, it is beyond easy to oh, completely yeah. fake oh, a text sure. conversation, yeah. a oh, Twitter yeah. DM conversation or an email exchange. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. So it's and it's that's it's like you said, like I'm same thing, like I'm, I'm not qualified to to fix this problem or, or to talk about how you fix it or what is the right thing and what is the wrong thing. It's like you said, you can read it and, you know, go, yeah, maybe I don't condone what he did or, you know, yeah, or however you feel about it. But like at the end of the day, if you take a hard look at kind of like how the process has maybe kind of gotten pretty messy over the years, it's unfortunate, right? Because it's, especially when it's like, oftentimes people getting accused of that stuff like yeah it sucks to be accused of that and it not be true but it's like you said it sucks because it it diminishes other accusations when like the problem like in this uh, article like it's a huge problem in hollywood so if you have someone coming out about like a legit problem that like everyone probably knows is still happening to some degree somewhere in Hollywood, just with the amount of shit that's come out, that's been proven, I guess. Right. Then, and other people are fucking it up. Like it sucks. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it's just, I find the whole thing ironic because that's why I also wanted to talk about the Netflix show. You oh, is yeah. that's the character he plays in that in season two of you. Yeah, he I actually plays. really like that show. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I got right into it. And I just find it ironic that he yeah. plays that character in that show. But as well, he played a like a legit pedophile in yeah. an episode of Workaholics. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, so much so that it looks like Hulu, Fox. Yeah, they pulled it. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, Comedy Central and a few other people completely pulled that episode from yeah from the running cycle, you know, yeah. due to all this, but yeah. I just find it ironic that on several occasions he's played that type of character. And now there's <laughs> accusations coming out that, yeah, that maybe he's not playing a character that this is just him. Yeah. And it's, it's like you said, like, I, I don't know enough about it. So like, 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 like I said, anytime I see these headlines, like, I'm just kind of like, I, I have no idea if, if this is true or not. And, you know, like, call me like super jaded like at the end of the day like i kind of don't care like I, just, I see so much of it that i like i don't read a whole lot of news anymore <laughs> that's fair i, I mean I, it's definitely not in the same league as like danny masterson being charged yeah or like they're marching him down to the courthouse or like a cosby thing where it's like he's in court and like the 55th women 
you know, was coming up to take the stand or something, right? Like those huge ones, mm-hmm. you know. Like yeah. It's, but it's unfortunate, like that that shit like this happens, and and that that it's messy all around because, like it, you know, you say one wrong thing that's maybe not true, and it ruins a career, you know. But then, you know, if people are saying it just to get the fame, then you're taking away from you know people that actually have these problems you know where it's a prevalent problem in hollywood you know maybe trying to come forward and then everyone's just being like well no you're probably just you know trying to get your five minutes of fame you know when in reality maybe they're getting super fucked up and they're trying to do something about it right yeah no absolutely and that's that it goes back to that old saying like i mean it's in a different realm because i think it's more about people who like drink and do drugs but the old saying that it's the abusers that make the users look bad right like people who've actually gone through this and have a story to tell that should be heard are going to be unbelieved because there's abusers out there who are like oh maybe i can score some money out of this or maybe i can get my face on television and this will launch a career for me and it's it's incredibly unfortunate yeah it is and it's you know yeah it's <laughs> i i have no idea what the answer would be i'm not qualified to to figure that shit out but yeah no it's it's fucked up because it's especially because like i said when when people are making these accusations you know whether they're true or not you know at the end of the day like it's a problem that's that's plagued in hollywood of abuse of power and a lot of people getting super fucked up by this stuff so and it's still happening and you know when you make accusations that aren't true just for your fame then maybe someone can't you know get shit right you know because other people are you know ruining it ruining it you know so it's yeah, yeah no it's, it's exactly <laughs> yeah very unfortunate yeah but while, but while we're on the topic of him so like what do you think of you i really like that show um i watched i watched it a long time ago and i was a actually a big fan of it i think um the dude who plays like the creepy guy like the stalker i, th- I mm-hmm. think plays a, r- a really good stalker like he's got that down like you watch him and it's just like man like you almost get that uneasy feeling like because he's that good with the role where you're just like man you do a really good job with that and i think they also do a really good job of capturing um just how much people have out on social media these days that it's like it you see him do all these things where it's like oh man like he totally found out where this this girl worked and like what her favorite food is and where she goes on tuesday to hang out with her friends like this is insane like and people are watching it but then you like sit back and you go well yeah but like 90 percent of the people that are watching you post all that same shit you know so like it could totally happen it was um, I, I found it very reflective of like oh yeah for sure black mirror type reality oh yeah and like as someone that doesn't have really any so like i don't think i i don't have any social media um i haven't for a few years um but like i found it like like refreshing like that it was but like as someone that has like all, all my friends have it you know so it's like yeah it's it was very reflective of like the current climate of like it would be super easy to do what he does <laughs> And I think that's why everyone was like, uh, like the show so much is because like a show hadn't like really kind of showed that, you know, a black mirror sometimes does, but black mirror is more of a future kind of thing where it's like, yeah. And, and really the, the, the good shit about black mirror is not about like the technology is the backdrop for the story. Um, 
but yeah, no, like I thought it was really good and really, really reflective of today. And I actually just, I think it's a good show. Like I think the acting is, is fairly decent, um, especially him, you know, some of the supporting people are kind of, eh. um, but yeah, I, I, I really like the show. Um, did you watch both seasons? I did. Okay. So you're all caught up then. Um, yeah, just patiently waiting for the third damn season. Yeah. Um, cause they leave it off clearly there like i i really liked the first season um some of their decisions in the second season i wasn't a fan of um but overall like i quite liked it um yeah i did the whole time when he like let that guy out of the cage and let him like to taiwan or the philippines or whatever the guy that he like took the identity of that he's still like pseudo friends with and would do fucking video chats with. Like, I don't yeah. know how I didn't, I was kind of like, this is a little, yeah, this is a little out there. Much. Um, yeah. Like, like some of that stuff, I was like, this just, this, this isn't working narratively and it, it just isn't working like chemistry wise. Like it, I wasn't a fan of that at all. Um, no, but like overall, like I, I still really like it and it's, like, I'll definitely watch the third season. Um, oh, yeah. Well, and how about that surprise appearances by uh, John Stamos? I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, when he was... first came on as the therapist, like, I had to yeah. do a double take. I was like, yeah. And I was like, I that looks like John Stamos, but, like, yeah. what is he doing in here? Like, I had to yeah. actually, like, bring up the IMDb and make sure yeah. I wasn't crazy. Yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, shit, it's John Stamos. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I haven't seen that guy in anything in a while. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. And he did a, you know, for his small part, like he did, he did pretty, pretty good at that. Yeah. You know, was, he did a phenomenal job. He was, he was John he, Stamos. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like spoiler alert here, I didn't think for a second that he was actually having an affair with her or like sleeping with his girlfriend kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that, that whole, it was like a big misdirection where they're like, oh, he's blaming this poor therapist who yeah. obviously isn't doing that. And then you find out, like, no, this therapist is doing that. And he actually is kind of a creep himself. Yeah. And like, that's, I think that's where the show tries to, um, as much as they can. And this is where I, I think they, they don't do as good of a job is like try to humanize uh, that main guy. Um, like, I think that was one of the, times where they tried to write him like kind of where it was like they kind of want you to feel for him a little bit um so I, i'm not gonna lie through both seasons i like i took a while in the first season as we got to like know him stand him but then it got to the point where i was i was on his team i was like nope i'm i hope he pulls this off i'm i'm with him i'm <laughs> i'm on his team here which is you know that yeah. that says a lot about the writing and the yeah, acting and stuff absolutely. if like he is fundamentally he's the main character, but he's yeah. the bad guy. But he's you a, still he's a terrible person. Yeah, he's an awful. Yeah, he's an awful human being. But like, but at the same time, like I, I I love when I'm able to say that because it's like you said, it's a testament to the writing and the character. Like, if you can make the worst people, you know, in a show or a movie, and you can get your audience to humanize them and root for them, it's amazing. And it's um, I always say this to my buddy. Like at the end of the day, a good good versus evil story. Or like you think of like a classic movie, like uh, bad guy, good guy, superhero, villain. Um, to do that good, you wanna you wanna frame it as it's not good and bad. It's just opposing views, mm-hmm. you know. And if you look at the best uh, written kind of like bad guys, 
or bad people or like like King Joffrey. Yeah, like it, it's really at the end of the day, it's like you they can write it well enough where it's just like okay, it's like they don't think they're doing anything wrong. It's just this is their point of view, and if you're that good at writing it, then you can get your audience to go, hey, you know what? Both both sides are actually there's there's some meat to both sides, and I can totally see why both people would be doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's a testament to the show's writing, and I think they do a pretty good job of that, you know, of of like you said kind of getting people to like root for him when you you know you shouldn't be because it's like yeah no this dude is terrible but like yeah let's go <laughs> I yeah mean, exactly like yeah you lock that person in there like totally <laughs> yeah no i quite enjoyed it i can't wait for the next season it's just it was one of those shows that like i and anytime i'd finish on netflix it would kind of like pop up as a trailer and I'd be like, that looks like some terrible, stupid chick flick. I'm not into it. And then one yep. day I was bored and I was like, okay, whatever. I'll give it a go. It's being yep. thrown in my face enough. Yep. And then it turned out to be an absolute delight. Yeah, that's how I ended up watching it too. Like I want to say it was like the same thing kept popping up in, in my Netflix and I looked at it and I was like, this just kind of looks like a, a, you know, like a CW show where it was like this all right, like kind of teen drama almost and i was like yeah like i'm just not into that and then i remember watching well, it it's like one night i was like having a few drinks and there was nothing to watch and i was like yeah what the hell i'm gonna throw this on i'm in the mood for some garbage and like i got a few episodes in, and i was like actually this is really good i'm gonna continue watching this <laughs> well and that that's exactly how i got into um the society on netflix oh yeah yeah which again, I was like, oh, okay, I'm curious. I got, I'm not sure what else to watch. I'll just bang a few episodes here and yeah. see what happens. And then I got right into it and within two days, finished the season. And now yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here just like eagerly like, okay, Netflix, give me the second season already. Like enough yeah. is enough. Yeah, for sure. I haven't seen that one, um, but I've heard good things about it. Um, so I think it's on my Netflix list that I keep adding shit to and never seem to take off, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, they've got a lot of good shows out there. We recently yeah. started watching um, Outer Banks. We're only three or four oh, into that. Yeah. I saw the preview for that, and I, I didn't. I wasn't on board from like the, the like teaser that I saw. You know, because I kind of had the very like similar things. Like when I first saw you, I was like, "Oh, this just looks like kind of a teeny, like kind of not that good." Yeah, I, I have no idea if it is or not. But like, really, the, the trailer didn't do it for you. But no, no, like I watched the trailer and I was like, eh, I'll, I'll pass. That's a hard pass for me. And, and honestly, the only reason that we started watching it was because the trailer got oh, really? me. Yeah, and, and I'll be completely honest. I think I think the reason that the trailer got me was because they were playing uh, Alt-J. Oh, fair and enough. And I'm, I'm a fan of Alt-J. So I heard that song and I got into it and it gave me fair the good enough. feels. And then Fair I watched enough. the trailer and it looked enticing and it, it, it actually is a really good show. I know uh, my parents, when they were bored, they were like, oh yeah, let's just watch this and see what yeah. it's about. And I think it took them two nights. Like they watched half of it one night and then the other half the next night. And yeah. they both said it was actually really, really good that it was like a little, not a slow buildup, but a very gradual one over the first okay. like two to three episodes. Sure, but yeah. then it turns into this like really interesting, like, mystery type okay, yeah. type show and both of them thought it was fantastic and i was like oh well maybe i to, need to actually give it a go 
Yeah, I might have to look into it now because, yeah, I had the opposite thing where, like, I saw that trailer and I was like, man, this looks like shit. I am not into this. <laughs> so maybe I need to just, like, check out the first few episodes and see if it grabs yeah, me. Well, and, and for a bunch of people, and, like, I never looked up the rap sheets of previous well, no name experience much, i think yeah but like i'd never like really heard of any of these people in- involved in any capacity but they're all really good actors like it's not like the 100 where you're like this show has potential but the main character's acting is yeah. so abysmal that it turns me off of the show like they're all yeah they do a really good job i might have to check that out because yeah that you saying that yeah i'll probably end up giving it it's, giving the first few episodes a shot and see if it catches my attention but well, Netflix never ceases to amaze me. It's terrible when we need to go watch them because in my situation, I've seen a disgusting amount of movies. Yeah, same. So it's hard for me and and my girlfriend to pick a movie yeah. because she'll be like, oh, what about this one? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. And then the ones yeah. that I haven't seen that pique my interest, I like to lean, especially right now anyway, I'm really into suspenseful thrillers. Where you're not yeah. sure what's happening or where things are going to go. Sure. Yeah. But she's not so much into those suspenseful kind of movies. Like she's not a fan of horror movies. Okay, so it yeah. makes, uh, makes our, our date nights picking, picking movies very painful to browse through Netflix. You're just going to, when it comes to Netflix movies, <laughs> I, I have a couple times. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to like coming across new series, yeah, like that's how good. we fell into hyperdrive. Like I heard about it on, I think Rogan's podcast and I was like, Oh, I'll take a look. And uh, she came home as I was halfway through the very first episode. And it's it's a car racing competition. Okay, and yeah. she got into it. And she, okay. she doesn't care about cars or drift cars or, yep. you know, souped yeah. up engines with turbo and yep. NOS or drifting or any of that stuff. But she got right into it. We ended up binging that whole that whole series. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, I'll probably check that out because I there was another car show on Netflix that... Um... I really like what is it uh, the fastest car where it's basically people just um, racing. So the premise is they'll take each episode. They take like one dude with like an exotic car and they're like almost always a douchebag. Like the stereotypical like I'm a rich guy with this Lamborghini or like I'm this trust fund kid with this Lamborghini. And then like all of the other people are like random street racers that have pieced together this like shit box car that somehow has like 900 horsepower and looks like it's going to burst into flames as soon as it comes off the line and they race and then the final episode is just everyone that's uh won in the past five or six episodes does one big race and it's just it's it's cool like because it's yeah kind of the i guess same vein hmm that's another one like if if you like Maybe I'll look into that one yeah like if like i had <clears throat> i hadn't heard about hyperdrive um but i'll probably definitely check it out just you saying that because it sounds pretty similar like if you like the fastest car thing which i really did um and i think you'd probably like the fastest car stuff because and like i said i haven't seen hyperdrive so i don't know how similar it is um but it's it's a netflix car show so it mm. might be worth checking out yeah, and like I'm not uh, by any stretch of the imagination, I'm not a, a gearhead or anything like that. But yeah. I, it hooked me. I got into it, and I like I burned it all. Yeah, in a very short period of time, just because it was impressive. Like, yeah, it was a hard competition, and it was seeing guys come on this competition that like 
some of these guys were professional drivers that have won several competitions and stuff and they just got obliterated trying to do trying to do these things oh yeah and that's kind of the same thing with like the bestest car is like you'll see like the rich guy pull up in like a mclaren f1 or something like that and they're doing like a quarter mile drag and some dude will show up in like a shitbox fucking fucking beater like truck or something like that but it somehow has like a ridiculous amount of horsepower and just like destroys them and it's like held together like a door's closed with like a zip tie and like the dude was replacing uh you know like a spark couple of spark plugs and like a turbo like five minutes before the race you know but somehow they like destroy these high-end cars or something like that um so mm-hmm. it's like, kind of the same vein where like you watch it and it's like these like kind of the same thing where it's like these people in these super exotic cars that maybe don't know how to drive them all that well because there's a few of them that just don't know how to drive it so they fuck it up Mm -hmm. um but then there's like people that have like pieced together these kind of shit boxes that are pretty fucking rad you know when you look at them and you're like that's cool as shit yeah Um, and then they end up smoking it you know so it's yeah no, I get it. I'll probably end up checking that out because I was a big fan of that fastest car. And if that's in the same vein, then I'll probably really enjoy that because I'm, I'm like, I'm not a huge car guy, but I, I do really like cars and vehicles and stuff like that. So well, you a- probably enjoy it, too, because it's just people from all over the world, like the United States, Brazil, Mexico, Japan, and they all have their own vehicles that they brought 100 acre industrial park and turned it into like a more or less a drifting course drifting track with different obstacles so like you gotta drift around a corner and hit a target with the back end of your vehicle and there's other stuff where you have to like drive through this like water path where if you go off the path it gets really deep and you can like submerge your vehicle and they have like a real life giant teeter-totter that's like eight stories high that you have to like balance in the center and it's it was pretty pretty wild just describing like what what they're putting the cars through i'm gonna check this out because that sounds rad yeah it was good i have to i brought this up because i didn't want to forget it but when i was just talking about the difficulty of finding a movie because i'm into mystery suspense thrillers sure yeah did you ever see the movie i see you ah that sounds familiar let me pull up an imdb it's helen hunt and john tenney and like the whole premise is this 12 year old boy goes missing or missing. So there's a no, you, you need to watch it. Like I just, I was looking at like random movies on random IMDB lists, trying to pick one okay, a few yeah. weeks back yeah. and came across this one. I was like, well, that sounds slightly intriguing. The trailer looks interesting. Yeah. Cause you watch the trailer and you're like, is this like a supernatural horror movie? Okay. But it's, it, it's not. Huh. Sorry to pre-spoil that for you, but just watching the trailer, you're kind of like, "What the?" Fuck well, even is going I'm looking at here? the poster right now, and it's like evil hides in plain sight, and there's like a doll head. And it's just like, yeah, that looks like it would kind of be your stereotypical horror. Yeah, but it's not. It's actually like there's no supernatural mumbo jumbo ghost demons, none of that crap. Huh. But it's it's very intriguing because you're like trying to figure out what's happening, and then you're it's like one of those movies where you're like, okay, I think I figured this is happening, and this is where it's going. And then it like completely turns around and just the order of the way that they film and they show you the series of events, it like leads you one way and then it turns out to be like the complete off. But it was 
it was a joy. Like, and like I said, like Lindsay's not a big fan of these movies, but both of us at the end were like, what? <laughs> like I, you should definitely add it to your list. Cause it was something I, I'd never heard of this movie. I'd never seen it advertised. I just stumbled upon it purely accidentally, but it turned out to be like, like one of my favorite movies that I've seen so far this year. Yeah. If you like suspenseful stuff, you might like, um, circling back to the center. Um, the first season I actually found, uh, like, I don't know more suspenseful, but it's very much a case of like what you think is happening. Isn't what happens. Um, and I'm very much a person that I cannot remember the last time I went to a movie or watched a TV show and like halfway through, like, been surprised at the ending like i can usually figure out what's going on um, have you never seen gone girl <laughs> yeah oh you see gone girl yeah um but like it's i guess like very few times like does that happen to me um just because i watch a lot of movies and i read up uh, like i read a lot about screen rating like when i was younger and once you kind of figure out like kind of how movies are made it's not hard to see where they're going if mm-hmm. that makes any sense yeah um, i feel you like I always um, like I have a buddy who's like kind of getting into writing and stuff like that. And like I always tell people, like, if you want to know where a movie's going to go and like figure out like the ending and not be surprised or be like, man, how did you guess that? Like, just do this one simple thing. And that's whenever you're watching a scene and do this with your favorite movie that you've seen like 20 times, rewatch it. And every scene, ask yourself, why is it there and why is it framed that way? And pretty soon you'll figure out why they do it and what that leads towards, right? Like, what's the intent behind it? Um, but anyway, yeah, I suppose um, that makes sense. Yeah, I think this what this this ICU still might keep you guessing. And Probably, honestly, even yeah. even if I was to go back and rewatch rewatch Gone Girl, which to this day is like the most jaw dropping movie I've ever seen. Like, I remember I remember being in the theater and like leaning forward in my seat with my mouth hanging open at the reveal yeah no that they did a really good job of it like i i i think i was the i don't think i saw any of that coming but but uh like i guess my point is like it doesn't happen very often at least for me anyway yeah um but like the first thing this is in uh, the center totally ended not the way i thought it was going to like it totally ended up being Uh, this like weird thing like how they did it um, that like totally surprised me and it was like one of those things like I said where like it doesn't happen too often where like when it does happen I'm like yeah this is awesome like I was surprised this is great like because usually I'm just like oh yeah I bet this is going to happen in like 20 minutes and then it does and I'm like okay cool whatever like it doesn't take away from my enjoyment but it's it's yeah. very pleasant when like it's like oh shit that's how they did that huh interesting I'm gonna have to rewatch that I want to know how they did that how did they lead up to that? Why didn't I see it? <laughs> but that, that's enough. probably a weird thing on my end. That I'm oh, that, it's it's on my list now. The sinner <laughs> is on my list. Yeah, the first season's good. Jessica Biel's in it, and I really like her. So um, she's really good in it too. So so is that is that that's oh you said that's a USA so that's a network show. Yeah, um, but I think some of it is on Netflix. I think the first suit two okay. seasons are on Netflix actually um i'll just look i'm pretty sure it is well i have that there's i don't know if you have there's an app and it's called just watch no so you when you you don't have to like make an account or anything but when you log in it's 
what subscription services are you a part of? Oh, so you're like, okay, I subscribe. Yeah, so you just yeah, you just Google or search whatever show you want, like The Sinner, and it'll be like, okay, The Sinner is available on these platforms to stream, and it's on these platforms to rent, and it's on these platforms to buy. I get you. It is on Netflix, by the way. So, but yeah, Sinner's good. Another thing that's good that I forgot to mention last week because we were talking about DC last week is that uh, Birds of Prey movie. I don't know why that escaped me last week because that movie is rad as fuck. I don't know if you ever saw it. Really? Yeah, I love I, that. I, I haven't. I haven't just because I've amazing. come across so many articles that say Birds of Prey was trash, that it was utter garbage. When I rank the DC movies, it is number two behind Man of Steel. And I don't know why I completely about it but like the other day me and a buddy were talking and it got up and i was like oh yeah and i think it, it's because i watched it like right before the pandemic and like totally forgot about it but yeah it's amazing and ewan mcgregor is one of the best bad guys i've seen in the last like 10 years in that movie he's a rock star in it really yeah it's super solid it's a really good time I've, it's it's been on my list ever since i heard that it was coming out but it's been constantly bumped down that list the more and more i see like it performed poorly at the box office the reviews are terrible people saying that the writing was ham-fisted so i just keep like bumping it down and i'm like well i'll watch it eventually but it's never at the top of my list just because i haven't heard you're the first person that i've heard anything good about it yeah i'm a huge fan of it i'm just it's sitting at a i'm just checking the rotten tomatoes score okay it's sitting at a 78 percent audience score so and i feel like that's I feel like that's a little bit low, actually. I was, really? I was a big fan of it. I had a really good time with it. I mean, is there some stuff in there that is like kind of popcorn-y action? Sure. But like overall, it's like a really good time. And Ewan McGregor is amazing in it. He is a fantastic bad guy. Like he is one of the best bad guys, like, char- like charisma-wise that I've seen in like the past 10 years. Like he's great um it's it's a really good time i think you should check it out perhaps i have to move this up my list then i think you should like move it to the top of your list because it's really good like i like i i was excited for it like when i saw the first trailer i was like okay well suicide squad was mediocre but like this looks like it has potential assuming there's no jared leto in it no offense there's to jared not. leto because i think he's a good actor but i think he was he a horrible was joker yeah he was garbage as his joker i'll go as far as to say it's like in my top three movies of this year that's a pretty bold claim yeah mind you i haven't seen much this year but uh, because you we haven't been able to for like the past four months but mm-hmm. yeah like it's super good like i had a really good time with it it was a shit ton of fun like totally solid totally good yeah i had a really good time with it i think you should definitely check it out because i have no idea why i fucking blanked on it last week when we were having our big dc discussion because it's like one of my favorite dc movies like i would put it below man of steel Um, then i will bump it up then if you say it's that good i'll give it a go yeah and like you totally might feel differently about it but like, I really like it, and I especially like Ewan McGregor in it. I think he's the rock star of that movie. He plays such a great bad guy. Um, and it, I love him anyway, so. but Okay, well, it's now at the top of my movie watching list. Next time, it's time to pick a movie. 
yeah, it's it's solid. Um, definitely check it out. Another thing that is really solid is I've been watching. Oh, I see what you're adding something, and I'm really happy you added that. Um, but here's another thing that's cool is I've been watching more Better Call Saul, and I really like that show. I'm like halfway through this most recent season, and uh, it's getting real good. It's getting real good. I'm excited to see where that goes, and I'm excited how many more seasons they got left. And I bet it's just one after this. You think so? Yeah, because like right now is. Um, so this isn't really a spoiler. Um, so at the start of this season, he changes his name to Saul Goodman and s- really starts down that road. Um, and the stuff with like Mike and Gus Fring is really starting to pick up. So I think like they're in their fifth season now. Breaking Bad only went five seasons. And I bet Better Call Saul goes six. I'd, unless they really stretch it out, which I hope they don't. I could totally see the like six being their last well we're we're in that time frame right now where networks are revealing which shows have been renewed and which have been canceled are they not yeah and it got renewed for six uh like it's next season um so but they haven't uh said like whether okay well at least you know there's definitely going to be a sixth season yeah i know there's going to be a six for sure and i'm i i'll probably have a better judge once this season is done like were that sets it up for the next season because you can kind of usually tell based on like when breaking bad starts probably when they're going to end it um kind of thing but yeah the show is really good and it's really starting to get into the thick of uh like Saul Goodman turning into Saul Goodman and kind of really doing a bunch of shady shit and that stuff's really cool um same with the stuff with Mike and Gus like Mike is starting to become a big character and stuff like that, and it's really good. I'm having well, a it, really good time with it. it. It's still on my list, but I think it'll be a casual viewing experience until I get caught up. I mean, yeah, granted, that, I have all the free time in the world right now, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Um, uh, you know, where I'm probably different is, like I said, I've enjoyed that show from the start, um, and I've enjoyed all the seasons. You know, whereas... Uh, like you said last week, like it didn't kind of grab you or whatever, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I've been really enjoying it. And I think the later seasons of that show are the strongest. Like I think the first two, three seasons of that show is basically setting up who Saul Goodman was beforehand. And I think you're either going to be interested in that or you're not going to give a fuck and say, give me Saul Goodman. Um, and I think that's totally fair because people coming out of Breaking Bad probably don't give a shit about Saul Goodman before he was, you know, Saul Goodman. And when he was Jimmy McGill, you know, they might go, I don't care about that. That's just kind of a lawyer and the drama around him being the lawyer and his family. Um, so they might only care about the good, I guess the quote unquote good stuff. Um, yeah. But I always really liked how they did um, like his transition in a Saul Goodman. I always really liked that. Um, so that's probably uh, going to be a difference for people is if you want to see that, you're going to like those early seasons. If you don't want to see that, then it might not pick up until the third or fourth season when they start getting into the thick of that shit um, and really start playing with it. Well, and I think that's why it faded for me because I was used to the Saul Goodman represented in Breaking Bad and that's what I wanted and expected to see. And I'm all for backstory. 
Yeah. But I felt like I wanted to see like, you know, maybe a season of backstory leading up and then stuff take place during the Breaking Bad time frame and then followed by what's happening now after Breaking Bad. And it yeah. just seemed like they yeah. they dragged the whole backstory up like, you know, three seasons before yeah. things start being connected. And for, and for me, that was just too long. Yeah. And the time frame for something that I wasn't invested in. For sure. And that's a total fair criticism. If that's not what you're coming to, like, if that's what you're coming to that show for, that's a totally fair criticism because that's not what you're wanting out of that show. Right. You know, so it's, it's mm-hmm. like I said, you know, I, I wasn't, I maybe wasn't so hot on it when they announced that show, but then when I started watching it, I was like, okay, this is really interesting. And then like, now I'm finding it really good now that they're really kind of starting to get into the thick of, okay, here is him changing his name to Saul Goodman. Here is a handful of characters kind of coming back from Breaking Bad and making an appearance. Um, Like this one isn't even a spoiler, um, but like Hank makes his appearance as like the DEA agent um, this season. He pops in for like a few minutes or not more than a few minutes. I think it's a few like 10 or 15 minutes in an episode. Um, So like they're starting to kind of bring people in and that's why I kind of think that like maybe season six is where they're going to end it is just because they're starting to really kind of lay some Breaking Bad people in um, to see where it goes. And the one thing I forgot to mention last week, because uh, we were talking about this, did you ever watch the um, the Aaron Paul movie that takes place after Breaking Bad? I did. And I have such massively mixed feelings on it. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah, I, I, t- I meant to ask it last week and I totally forgot about it because I I have like some mixed feelings about that movie, but overall I actually thought it was like for what it was and how you make a movie after Breaking Bad, I thought it was pretty darn good considering that's a hard thing to do. Like that's a yeah. hard, it's a hard thing to make a movie after that, especially given how it ended and stuff like that. But I think they did a really strong job with a lot of it. I think some of it is kind of like, I think there's a few scenes where I was just like, Oh, you, you didn't need this. Um, Like what's that scene where he does like the shootout in the garage or something. Yeah. Like that part, like I felt was totally out of character and totally didn't fit. But like, the rest of the movie, like especially with the flashbacks with, Oh shit. um, Discount Mac discount Matt Damon, the redheaded guy. Yeah. 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 Um, Like the stuff with him, I thought was brilliant. Like how they played on that stuff. Uh, Like going back to that, I thought that was really well done. Um, But I want to hear your mixed feelings. Well, my mixed feelings were, I I enjoyed it. And I liked that. I got some, some explanation as to what was happening when he was being captive. Like you said, those flashback sequences, I quite enjoyed it because uh, that guy's name and I can't remember it, but side note, I think he was an, am- he did an amazing job on that episode of black mirror. Yeah. Where I he think- was like piloting the virtual reality yeah. craft with all the clones yeah. in it. I think he's an amazing yeah, anyway. actor regardless. Um, and he just looks like Matt Damon, which is why I call him discount Matt Damon. Cause he's not as big as Matt Damon, but he looks kind of like him. Fair enough. There is a resemblance. Um, so like those scenes I definitely enjoyed and it was nice to see that other side. And again, it's like, it's weird to see, that character because like he's super he seems very caring but at the same time he just he's cold-blooded yeah he's 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 got that like totally like 
calm, very like soothing nature almost. But yeah, he's he's like a total like sociopath. Like he feels nothing. He doesn't yeah. think, like he doesn't have any right or wrong actions because he just does things and like a so so yeah, I can't talk. Like he just has no sense of right or wrong. He just does it, right? And he plays yeah. it like super caring where it's just like he's so calm about what he says in everything especially in breaking bad um and that movie like he's just so calm and it's like it's it takes you back because you're like a lot of movies or tv shows will you'll have like a very eccentric like sociopath you know that's over the top or like crazy like and oftentimes you don't get this like totally cool calm collective guy that is like you look at him in a lot of scenes and like he's actually playing a really nice guy but then like he'll do one or two things and you're like man what the fuck yeah no for sure where my mixed feelings come from is i was excited for this movie because one i wanted to know a few missing pieces like a few spots that i wanted the the blanks filled in on but i wanted closure i wanted to know like what happened to jesse pinkman and it answered that question to an extent where it's like, oh, this is what happened to Pinkman immediately following him escaping and leaving. Right. But it just opened an even bigger hole for me when, spoiler alert, he moves up to Canada at the end of the uh, episode. Yeah. And then you're like, and then, so again, it just left me off like, okay, like I don't expect, I didn't expect this movie to be an hour of like, this is Pinkman's boring life after, you know, a crumbling meth empire but like they get to the end he moves to canada and now i'm just like okay well what does he do in canada where does he go what is he doing there does he meet anybody like it just it closed one hole and just opened an even bigger one for me where i'm still left wondering like see where is he now see i was the opposite i thought that that was a great ending because i didn't i didn't feel i needed anymore i i I felt i got all the closure i needed with that character because it that movie kind of like to me sealed this journey where it was like, okay, this is the shit that happened to him when he was captured by like the white supremacists or whatever. And then all of this shit of him like trying to get the fuck out. And then like, it just kind of ends where he's just like starting this blank slate life. And I was like, okay, but like that, that was enough for me. I was like, okay, you, you got your shit, you got your money. You're going to go start your new life in Canada. Cool. And I was like, totally fine with that. So. Yeah. And I wasn't, it, it, it gave me closure, but then opened up a whole new can of worms where I'm like, okay, well, now I want more answers. Like, I went into that show, okay. or I came out of that movie, sorry, with more questions than I had going in. Okay. that's. I think that's a fair criticism, if that's what you were wanting from that movie. Um, I think that's a totally fair position. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a fair way of approaching it. I think we just have different. I think we just wanted different things from that, probably. Um, yeah, that that's fair. Which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, what they need to do is they need to uh, hire hire him back and give him like one of them little seven minute QB things where it's like, "Where's Pinkman now?" Oh yeah. So what is this QB? I've never heard of this. Have you, you've never heard of it? No, tell me about. It. See and that. That right there is the goddamn problem with it. So I can't I can't recall when they announced this, but they raised like a couple billion dollars in funding. And what QB is, is a it's a mobile app for iOS and Android, and it's designed to be short 
bursts of entertainment. So they're okay. shows, but they're only like seven to 10 minutes long. Okay. And the idea is, is it's like TV shows or entertainment that you can watch while waiting for the bus or, you know, you've got 10 minutes where you're waiting for something. You can watch an episode of something, right? Where you don't need that time investment of 30 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on what you're right. watching, right? Yep. You got a so they raise minute bus commute and you can throw on an episode with your headphones and kill it kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that's what it's designed to be just like quick burst entertainment, but they got tons and tons of money and funding and they've got big, big names in there. Like they've got different shows that have like, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's got a show, Chrissy Teigen, um, Anna Kendrick, Idris Elbra, Ken Block. Like there's huh. tons, like just scrolling through the list. There's tons of shows on here it's where you're different. like, you do. I think you get like a, a week free or something to um, to that extent. But there's tons and tons of shows. And when you just scroll down the list of like shows you can watch, you're like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. And like a lot of them look interesting, but it's doing poorly. It's lost so much money. And they projected by by this summer that they would have like 70 million or 700 million paying subscribers and i think they've got seven million. Oh wow like they're it's drastically underperforming and i find it interesting because the reason it's drastically underperforming is i had never heard of quibi or or however you pronounce it i've never heard of it before and the only reason i heard of it was on an episode of uh, philip defranco where he was talking about how they lost a bunch of money. They're starting to lose investments and their service isn't doing that well. And they were blaming it all on the coronavirus. And that's why people weren't watching it. And it's like, yeah, I feel like for, kind of a bullshit excuse yeah. is like, if it, it is because this is people sitting at home, they're looking yeah. for an excuse to watch something. There's a reason tiger King did so well on Netflix. Like, but the fact that like, I haven't heard of this and you dropped all those big name actors and actresses, like I should have heard of that and I should have checked it out. Um, mind you, I'm we're probably in the minority because of how much we keep up with all this stuff. But still, like with that much talent, you think people would have heard of it, right? So, well, not even that, but like considering that you and I are so invested in entertainment as and we and, watch shows and movies and we stay up to date on like entertainment yeah. news. Yeah. We are fully enveloped in that world. And I had never fucking oh, heard yeah. of this streaming yep. service in my entire life absolutely it was like, just an offhand yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of it being that like i've never fucking heard of it before like you typed it into the show notes in our discord like tells me that they probably really shit the bed on the marketing because <laughs> if i didn't hear about it and you didn't hear about it what are the chances that general population heard about it <laughs> yeah and it's not like they have a lack of talent like all those big names but they've even brought back shows like they brought back Reno 911. Really? Yeah, and they brought back a new version of Punked with uh Chance the Rapper. Fuck off. Huh. Yeah, so like there's big names attached to this. Like the the first thing that they list under their shows um I can't oh now I can't find it. But there's one like Jennifer Lawrence's Christ's sake. I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. But like big names, big names. Like if you click that link I sent you and scroll down through the show list, 
you're going to see tons of big name actors with like shows on here. And you're going to be like, how, how was I not aware? Kristen Bell is in here. I love her. Yeah. I love scroll it, down a little. Speaking of Kristen Bell, there's I the one place. you love what? Sorry. The good place. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but it's amazing. I did the first like two seasons, I think maybe three. And then it just kind of got boring to me. See, I love it. And I think it ended way too early. I'd watch like easily another three or four seasons of that show. I fucking love that show. It wasn't an ongoing, long lasting show for me. Like there's just some shows that hit home where it's, you watch every episode, you love it. And then you love the show so much that like when you're doing other stuff and you need a background show on, you put it on. Yeah. And especially with like those kind of like 20 to 25 minute network comedies, like that's kind of why I put new girl on, on our list is like, it's on Netflix and it's kind of like one of those like 25 minute comedies that I throw on while I'm doing stuff, but it's like totally serviceable. Um, yeah, no, same. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever on that list for me I, as well. Okay, so you've watched some of it? I've watched the whole thing before it became on net. Like, I used to like watch the new episodes when they were airing on television. Okay. Like, I followed that series from start to finish. Okay, so you're a fan of it then? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. No, I've just been watching it on Netflix, like while I play games or something like that. And it's, I like, I have a really good time with it. Like, I think the characters are, are really solid. Um, not that I remember any of their names. Um, but yeah, I actually really like it. It's like a really nice, like, kind of prime time, like twenty five minute comedy that are just they're pleasant to watch, right? Like you don't have to think a whole lot, and the comedy hits sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. I I love that show with the exception of the last season. The last season really kind of made me sad. Yeah, and I to be honest, I don't I don't know what season I'm on. I just kind of throw it on Netflix. Like I I really have no idea where I'm at. Well, it's, it's the show is phenomenal in all regards, and the characters are great, and there's storylines that cross, and everything was fantastic. The last season was a letdown, and I don't even blame the show for it because they kind of like got the news at the be like you know okay this is going to be your last season, and I think oh, they were planning on doing like a couple more seasons. Oh, so it was so it was kind of like they wanted yeah we're giving you one more season, oh. wrap it up. So they like in a haste kind of decided they were gonna yeah, and so. You, I can't remember how many seasons there are total. Like, I'm, I'm guessing six, but I don't know if that's accurate. Just for the sake of this conversation, let's say it is six. Yeah. And the fifth season ends on a normal note. And then when the sixth season starts, it's like one of those fast forward moments where it's like the sixth season all of a sudden takes place like a year or two oh. years after the last season. Okay. So it's like in the future where where is everybody now? And oh. the storylines were... I don't know, poorly written and poorly yeah. executed. And I just, I, I lost all my, I watched it through to the end, yeah. but I didn't have the same investment. I did. Yeah. Going that makes in sense. All prior. And, and that's hard when like a show is forced to, to write their own end, you know, in the timeline they didn't anticipate, you know, that's, that's a tough job for the best of people. Right. So yeah, it, it's almost hard to blame the people that are making the show and, you know, the actors and stuff like that, because you know, for all intensive purposes, purposes you know they're killing it and you know the people that are watching the show are really liking it you know but the ratings are for whatever reason you know it gets axed and then it's like well shit you know at least they got you know one more season to clean it up that's a lot better than some shows where they get nothing <laughs> yeah but but yeah huh i'll have to keep that in mind whenever i get to that last season because i yeah well, i totally I mean, thought it was still on tv like i had no idea no. that it had gotten canceled 
No, it's it's gone. But you'll when you get there, when you get into the last season, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It, very, very unfortunate. But I mean, at least they were given that opportunity to try and close, yeah, close is, some of the the yeah. holes, which is more than we can say for a lot of shows. Yeah, quite often, like, enough, it's just yeah. Like, Did you? They even can rectify anything, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the the like primetime comedy series Happy Endings? No. See, like, and that was another one that had like a great cast with like the highlight being Alicia Cuthbert. Okay. But it's like similar to New Girl, and it's like a group of like five or six friends. Okay. And they're like intertangling story arcs and stuff like that. But that was a show that like started off good and then i guess popularity popularity kind of faded and then they do the third season and just like that it was axed so there was no real genuine closure and like it's got good ratings and stuff like that it just didn't have the viewership that the network wanted yeah but it was yeah and i feel like those type of shows are always going to be tough on networks because it's it's you're trying to make friends and it's like right like when you look at new girl or something like that, you know, it's kind of the friend's premise of here's all these buddies living in these way too expensive apartments that no one can likely afford, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, the networks are trying to find their friends um, show, you know, and it's, it's either going to hit or it's not right. You know, and if it doesn't, yeah. and you know, they're going to ax it and move on to the next thing. And it, you know, if you're lucky enough, you might get one more season for them to say, okay, clean it up and end it but quite often well, or not, they're just like, kill it and we'll move on to the next thing. Cause I'm guessing those pitches for like those type of TV shows are probably a dime a dozen. Oh, for sure. I, I think networks go about them in the wrong way. Cause I'm, there's a lot of shows I find that get canceled because in my opinion, they were ahead of the time. And so, you know, it didn't have a large following while it was airing, but you know, fast forward a few years later and it's like one of the most popular shows yeah, out in the TV universe right now, right? Yeah, which kind of like there's a huge resurgence. Go ahead. What's that? I was going to say no, that it's what you added to the list, which is the community table read, which was a show way ahead of its time that is kind of getting a resurgence right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially God, with what a great show that was. Yeah, I actually um, kind of right when uh, COVID hit and everyone was like, I was working from home. I I recently went, I binged it all except for the last two seasons. Um, cause I don't think those seasons are good. Um, but like I rewatched it again and I was like, man, this is a great show. And then I watched that table read and I was like, this is like, these guys are still killing it. Um, and you know, the old community joke of six seasons in a movie, you know, with the movie kind of always seemed like it was never going to happen. Like maybe it could happen now. I, I hope so. Considering that a large portion of that cast is tied up with Netflix shows. And I know um, right. a big thing like uh, Donald Glover, like I know he left that show because uh, like he left it. And if I remember really, it was because like he just he felt like he didn't have any more like cre- like it wasn't creative enough, like he wasn't interested in enough anymore. Um, so like he felt like he was like, OK, like if I can't be creative and like put my time towards what he feels is like his creative potential, then he's not going to do it um and then I, I don't i don't think that was the case i thought that was my understanding and hence why the episode the very final episode that we see troy in 
he goes off to sail the world so he can get Pierce's inheritance with LeVar Burton. Yeah. He gets on the boat and on the back of the boat, it says childish tycoon. Oh, which is paying homage to his musical career. Childish Gambino. My understanding was that he left the show because things were picking up steam and he wanted to start focusing on his musical career. So maybe what we're talking about is one in the same where he was just feeling that he could be like way, like, like way more creative with his musical career kind of thing. But I, I could have it wrong, but I, I thought for some reason. Well, maybe, and I, I could have yeah. it wrong too. I just thought that I read somewhere at some point and saw an interview that he left the show not because of yeah. like it wasn't good or he couldn't be creative because, I mean, yeah, he, he wrote he part-time me. for it as well, yeah. and his character was amazing, and they brought yeah. Dan Harmon back after yeah. the debacle of the fourth season. So like yeah. all the cards were aligned where it yeah. could have been what it was the first three seasons. Yeah. But... And I mean, when long shoot hours and, and days and days and days of shooting for like a, yeah. a 22, 24 yeah. series run for each season, right? That's very time consuming. Oh, yeah. And it's tiring. He and was like an up and comer in the rap community. And I think it was like, okay, I, yeah, if I'm going to make this music thing work, I have to give it my all. So unfortunately, yeah. I have to bow out. Yeah. And, and yeah, fair enough. Um, but I know at least like with that table read, like I want to say I read something after the fact that like he was totally like on board. Like after you read that, he was like, man, the show is actually like the show is fucking awesome. And like it almost kind of sounded like he was kind of totally on board with maybe doing some more without saying it. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I thought someone brought up when they did after the table read, they did like the Q&A kind of thing. Yeah, there's a, someone there's a Q&A uh, like podcast style episode, too, I think. Yeah, and I I thought someone brought up like, will we see a movie if we can get everyone bored? And he said that you know if the circumstances were right, that he yeah. that would definitely be something he would be interested in. So I, I would, think, yeah, love nothing more than to see oh, yeah. a community movie for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're not going to get uh, Chevy Chase back. No, but but uh, honestly, I I, th- I don't think I need to. Yeah, to me, and I still enjoyed the last two seasons i'm actually like i'm in the fifth season right now because i just started rewatching it like right background kind of television yeah and it's even the fifth and sixth season like even without chevy chase and without donald glover it's still good like is it as good as the first three no but the the writers are still there and like the meta jokes on oh, meta yeah. jokes and oh, pop yeah. culture references are still on par and oh, yeah. the one thing that i didn't even notice until rewatching here is in I can't I think it was season three when they do the Valentine's Day dance and they get uh no it wasn't that one it must have been season four or five anyway they have an episode it was this the one with the Sadie Hawkins dance and yeah. Annie and Yvette Nicole Brown I can't remember yeah. Shirley they both set Abed up with a date and he's doing yeah. like the movie trope where everything's going wrong and the whole time he's kind of flirting with the girl who's working in the coat room yeah and it's um uh allison brie or not allison brie um, um brie larson yeah 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 it's one of her first didn't, things yeah you did i i i'm like oh she looks familiar and it didn't it didn't click it, it, no and not it wasn't until several episodes later where they make a reference in the show where like ovid breaks up with someone and someone one of the other characters makes a comment like 
oh, do you actually like this girl or is it going to be another situation where you start dating someone, but we never address it down the road and they make like that inside joke referencing her. And then a few episodes later, they bring her back where Abed and her are actually dating. And that's when it finally hit me where it's like, oh, that's Brie Larson. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That just... Yeah, an amazing show. It, it, oh yeah, even to this day, I still think it's an amazing show. But oh. that table read, you watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Oh my god! Yeah. Towards the end, there, I was, I was in tears when oh, yeah. uh, Pedro Pascal was. Oh fuck! Was reading out yeah. the part about about handing out the jars of semen because kept... he, he originally wasn't in the show. It was um, what's his name? Walter Walter Goggins. Yes, and I re- I love him. Um, but for some reason they weren't, weren't able to get him. But yeah, like him trying to hold it together as like they keep handing the sperm canisters and it gets to like the sixth one and he just can't, he just can't fucking do it anymore because <laughs> it just keeps going and he's he's just losing his shit and it was hilarious because like it's that writing style of just like, okay, we're just going to keep doing this bit and keep doing it. And it's just like the poor guy keeps trying to read it <laughs> and just can't hold it together because he's laughing so hard. Like he just, you could see like, I love it because you can see like the pause as he moves to like the next like monologue paragraph and you just kind of see him just start to like giggle before you can even like try to read it. <laughs> yeah. It was, like that to me, like that, that whole table read thing was like really good. Don't get me wrong, but it was him oh, constantly yeah. breaking into laughter that just yeah. made or it like, so to, like, much funnier. Of sperm and he just can't he just can't fucking hold it together and like it's it totally like yeah it totally made that table read because it's yeah um, like it was fucking hilarious um but yeah no like i i love that show and like i really love allison brie on it like i think she's awesome all, all of them all of their yeah, characters of them, like yeah. even even despite the behind the scenes infighting with chevy okay. chase like even even the character of pierce was yeah, he was awesome. Like was I, still, I still like I I watch the show and I still love that character on there. Like take what you will with the behind the behind the scenes shit. Like I'm usually the type of person that like I separate the art from like the artist kind of stuff. Like where I usually don't give a shit about that stuff. I just like the show. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, like it, it's super solid. And I I bet after like that table read, there's maybe some loose conversations about how a movie could happen, you know, but mind you that everyone is also probably way fucking busier uh, than they were when they were making that show because everyone is a lot bigger, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of them you could pull though. Like I haven't really seen Danny Putty do a whole lot or Yvette Nicole Brown do a whole lot. No, like, like I'm could, sure they do little things here and there, but like the only ones that seem genuinely been busy are obviously Donald Glover because I mean he yeah. does Atlanta, Allison and then Brie. Allison Brie because she does that wrestling show Glow. Yeah, and I think and she just Joel McHale seems like he's got a new Netflix thing going on every other week. Yeah, he just kind of seems like he's off doing his own thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, like, and it probably wouldn't be hard. Like, I, I, I bet if everyone was on board, and you know. Dan Harmon probably wouldn't need a whole lot of money to make it. You could do that movie for a couple of million bucks and you could probably shoot the fucking thing in like 20 days. I bet. Well, and you know what, even if by some odd chance they couldn't get a studio to give him a green light to make that movie, even if they couldn't get Netflix, like, cause I'm sure Netflix would be more than happy given some of the content they put out there. Oh yeah. 
but like e even if they couldn't, I bet there's I'm willing to bet there's such a big fan base. Oh, that a GoFundMe would raise it for sure. Yeah, that if they went the Super Troopers two route, they could or, easily get uh, enough funding. Uh, what the hell is that Kristen Bell show uh, that I never watched? But it's like the detective one or whatever. Like she did the same thing for a movie for her thing. I don't remember. Oh, Veronica Mars. Yeah, like she did like a Patreon GoFundMe kind of thing for for doing a movie. Like, and it's like those smaller movies. Like you don't need a whole lot, and it's you're going to be able to shoot it real quick. You know, if everyone's on board, you know you're maybe only going to need to get them together, you know, for a few days, you know, if you do right, or, you know, a week or two weeks, you know, like it's not going to be a huge commitment. I bet you could shoot that whole fucking movie in like fucking under a month. Are you and including I, pre and post? No, no, just shoot, just <laughs> shooting. But like, I bet you could shoot that super quick, you know, your pre and post stuff, you know, that, that takes what it is. Um, I bet that could be, would, if everyone was on board, I bet they would make it work. Oh, for sure. And I, I like I said, I would love, love nothing more than to see a community movie. Oh, fuck yeah, because I, like, once I started working from home, like, same thing. Like, it was like, all right, what, what can I binge? All right, Tiger King was, eh, it was, you know, it was what it was. And then I was like, oh, shit, community. And I started rewatching that. I didn't watch the last two seasons, but maybe I should now, because I remember them being really bad. But now that you're saying that they're, Maybe I should watch them because I totally stopped. I was like, all right, I got to where I think is the end and I'm just going to stop. But maybe I should. Well, I mean, if you them. want to talk about the technical end, that would be the end of season three. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is, I think, where I stopped. Like I watched the three seasons and then I was like, all right, I know. Like, but yeah. But like season four was still and even the last two without without Donald and without Chevy, they're still they're still good seasons. You yeah. miss some of the core, but the, the jokes are yeah. still Oh, for sure. Super on point. Yeah. The, the callbacks and references to pop culture and previous episodes of the show. Like it's, it's still really good. And like, yeah. I forgot until I started watching like the fifth season there that they brought. Um, I can't remember his name from breaking bad. Gus Fring's right hand man. Oh yeah. Um, who played uh, Chevy chases uh, like half brother, whatever it was. No, Gus Fring played Chevy chases half brother. But in Breaking Bad, that old white guy that was Gus Fring's right-hand man. Oh, Mike. Yeah, Mike. He's in seasons five and six as another teacher. Oh. And kind of like pseudo joins the study group. Oh. Like he's he's a main character. Oh. And like when they do season five, they call it a repilot because everyone's technically graduated and they figure out how to bring everyone back to the school. Jeff becomes a teacher. The other students realize that they didn't go anywhere after graduating so they all re-enroll and with jeff being a teacher he befriends mike whatever his character's okay, name yeah. is and they uh form a save greendale committee where they try to like fix up the school and make things better so it's not a shitty huh. school anymore Fuck. and that's kind of where like the last two seasons center around but it's hmm. they're still good seasons I should I should throw those I should give those another shot and throw those back on because yeah maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm remembering or thinking that they were worse than they actually were and that might probably be the case I think that might be the case is because I it might have been like I actually don't even know if I watched after season four because I want to say when the show was going strong I was watching it and then it got axed and then it went to the Hulu thing and I watched like four episodes and went man fuck this and like yeah. was not a fan of it. 
and I want to say, like, I might have just dropped it then. I don't even, I'm trying to think if I even picked it up after Dan Harmon came back. Well, you definitely go watch the last three then. Yeah. It sounds like you kind of gave up after all the debacles happened, but season yeah. four, obviously not as good without Dan yeah. Harmon. Still yeah. was, was, was fairly reasonable. And even though they lost two of the, the good main characters there for the fifth and sixth seasons, they were both still really good, even yeah. with. Would they be better with Donald Glover there? Oh, Absolutely. Course. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. But they were still really good seasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it would obviously be better if, if no one had left, right? Um, yeah, in a perfect yeah. world. Yeah. I will probably end up going back and watching that because, yeah, I'm... Yeah. I, I do I, it. Go back. Yeah. And when you finish those three seasons, we can talk about it again. I'm just halfway through season five right now myself. Yeah, I'll probably end up going and watching that. I start vacation this weekend for like two weeks, so maybe I'll binge it then. So you got lots of time. Yes. Yes, I got lots of time to watch TV and play video games. So, <laughs> But knowing the ever-ending backlog of TV and movies, I'll probably watch like a few things and have been like, yeah, I was totally going to catch up on everything. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. But, yeah. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, that's about all I got. So maybe we'll just call her a day there. That works for me. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we will catch you next week. <laughs>